That's kind of our topic for today when we're talking about wheat and weeds. She's like, I want to be here. There's water. So we're talking a little bit about the wheat and the weeds. I don't know how many of you know this, but I just came back from uh, vacation. I was in Florida, and let me just say, it's hotter than I remember. <laughs> Way hotter than I remember. Um, we got to see grandparents. Before that, we got to go to uh, Arden, North Carolina, to Luther Ridge for family camp. Yes, a plus. If, if you're on the fence of, should we maybe check out camp? Yes, you should. It's excellent. It was great, rejuvenating, but it was still two weeks away from my bed where I sleep. So there's that little bit of exhaustion that creeps in even in vacation. Um, and what happened is we're pulling up to our house and I see our mailbox. I'm like, oh man, my house is going to be here soon. Then we're pulling down the driveway. Oh, here comes my house. Oh, there's my house. I can see my house. But then I saw the landscaping. Two weeks away from my house. Uh, to say the weeds took over is an understatement. If anything, this revealed how bad I was at managing the weeds before. Because they took over. They were everywhere. They were like trees. They were tall, tall grass, tall dandelions. I swear, dandelions, did you know they can basically turn into trees? In like two weeks. In two weeks. Maybe not. Maybe I'll slap it beforehand. But I return home ready to roll, and here it is with this um, weed infestation. Weeds. And now um, what happens is I get this reading at the beginning of the week, and I'm thinking, oh man, how appropriate. I'm reflecting on these weeds as what ended up happening was that week Emily was uh, going to her classroom, and the kids and I, we attacked the front yard. Oh my goodness, we were just weeding like nobody's business. It took all morning. I want to give credit to Harvey and Amelia, wherever she is. Well done. You're looking for it? Yes. So we did what we were supposed to do, just repping those weeds out, getting to the roots of them, just uprooting the weeds. And let me just tell you, folks, it looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Not great. I admit I'm not the best weeder. But I was struck by this reading while doing that. Master. Should we pull out all the weeds? No. What? Jesus goes even further. No. He says about this grower of things, this landowner, let the weeds and the wheat grow together. Now, I will say this parable, you guys just heard it. I've heard it a lot as a pastor, but particularly, that's basically my personal theology, is I'm really, you've probably heard this sermon before about loving your neighbors. Have you heard that before? Yeah, probably. But particularly, I have this great aversion to a culture of criticism. If anyone asks how my day is, I go, it's fine. I can't complain. I could, but what good does it do, Right? What good does that do? Critiquing what could be, critiquing others. I don't know if that does us a lot of good. And that seems to be a pervasive thing is to look at somebody else and go, here's what I'd do differently. Well, great. So, who cares? Like, leave them alone. If I had a, if I had a personal statement, I'd say to everybody, can we just be cool for three seconds? Leave people alone. 
And then I uh, think about all the work I get to do with kids and families while I'm doing work here at Good Shepherd, and I think about this epidemic that is affecting so many young people. You've heard of this, like, um, wave of anxiety that kids are experiencing. Kids are, are nervous about making a mistake. And I wonder where that comes from. And I think there's got to be something to do with this culture that says over and over what someone is doing wrong. How often do we look across the street at the neighbors and go, look at all those weeds and they're not even there. All right. But anyways, how many times do we look at our neighbor and go, man, they left those trash cans out for a while, huh? A little too long. I wouldn't do that. All of that is heard. And what kids hear is all this criticism and they start thinking, if we're criticizing them, what's happening over there? They're criticizing us. Worse than being criticized to our face is imagining those criticisms that we're experiencing, the mistakes we're making, the problems we're causing for someone else unknowingly, the frustration of our neighbor that we can't see. That is pervasive. My wife works with first grade kids and I hear repeatedly how important it is that kids hear good things about them. They hear about their victories. They hear about that they're loved. That's why I think the church has something really profound to say to our kids. 95% of you, any of us, being here, doing ministry with young people is letting them know you are with them. You love them. Even to the ends of the earth. Even mistakes and all, they are loved. It's a powerful thing for developing minds. So this idea of letting the weeds grow with the weed. Over and over, I'm confronted with my job is not about pulling up weeds, eradicating evil, but instead doing the good work of planting. Our job is simple. Love. Grow. Plant goodness. It's not about a fixation on the sins of others. It's about boldly pursuing God's will and being a person of peace. I think that idea of our job not being to suss out evil is something we can relate to. Back to the weeding. I'm still weeding and I'm still thinking about these readings. Let them grow together. I don't think it's too foreign for us to say we're not in the business of rooting things out. But letting them grow together, that just seems like terrible landscaping advice. Doesn't it? Bad gardening advice. I can tell you from very recent experience that letting your weeds grow will ruin your landscaping. I can promise that, in fact. Any desire to control the look of your landscape is ruined by this idea of letting these weeds grow. Letting anything grow. You know what? It goes beyond gardens and landscaping. Organizations can be affected by letting something you don't want to grow, grow in the garden. It hurts an organization, it hurts a team. When you think of somebody who isn't um, part of the mission, right? You get a team working together that's pulling in multiple directions. Ruins this momentum of movement. Together we can go here. Well, I'm working on this, and I'm working on this, and I'm working on that. And I'm... It's hard. Something's growing that wasn't planned. But here is Jesus saying over and over, let them grow together. But Jesus, don't you know that this weed can overwhelm the good. See, this is why I like Jesus. The subversion of practical wisdom. 
practical wisdom would dictate all these things. Just get rid of the weeds. But here's Jesus with this subversion of wisdom that unveils something more beautiful, more profound than we could possibly imagine. I want us to think about what it means to let the weeds grow. Because Jesus wouldn't give us bad advice. So think about it. How is letting weeds grow actually, if this is from Jesus, good news? I think first we need to define what a weed is. Is a weed bad in itself? No. What is, a weed, by definition, is just this wild thing that's growing in a planned area. Unintended, also not wanted. Right? That's all the weed is. It's not bad in itself. I have plenty of sermons about, you know how great it would be if Jesus talked about dandelions as the gospel? And it just blows everywhere. Wherever the wind blows, it takes root. Even in the cracks of our sidewalk, it grows. It does whatever it wants. I think, I've also heard dandelions are very nutritious. Yes, there's nodding. Dandelions are critiqued greatly, but they're great. So, anyways, I've done sermons about that, but think about it. If God is letting weeds grow amongst the wheat together, this must be good news. And I think it's particularly good news for folks who need to hear that good news. So it's survey time. Are you ready? You guys ready? I want a show of hands. Who here would consider themselves a weed? Oh, we got some Lutherans, right? I'm definitely one. We got that Lutheran, I'm a worm bit. Okay, so if a weed just does something that's not according to plan, right? It just grows. Then we're wheat, obviously, because we, obviously, who here lives their life according to God's will and doesn't deviate from God's plan of love and mercy all the time? Go! 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 Oh. Hmm. Another way of saying Great. Uh, maybe we'll do this. Who here doesn't sin? Oh. Ugh. Okay, so, honesty time. Show of hands. Who here at times is a bit weedy? You know what? A lot of the time. I'm weedy. Let's be honest. If we're preoccupied with weeds, then we need to be preoccupied with our own sin too. If we're honest, the pursuit of uprooting weeds, sussing out and eradicating all evildoers, then that's pretty subjective. In many cases, it is more than hypocritical for us to be in the business of deciding who is weeds and who is wheat. The concern that evil will somehow, like a weed, squash out all the good things that grow. I want us to think about that. Weeds can overwhelm. Who here believes that God loses in the end? I'll assume you haven't read the Bible, but at the end, God wins. Um, who here thinks that evil will outdo all good in the world? Evil will prevail. No. We don't really think that. But we operate in this way that if we're not careful, if we don't suss out evil, it'll take over. It'll take over. That's thinking of it like a real weed. The concerns about too many weeds is a concern that I would argue is way above our pay grade. The growing together bit that Jesus is calling us to does away with the false, and I will say again, false dichotomy of us 
and them. Wheat and weeds. It does away with that because that's how the parable flips this common wisdom that would have us believe there are good and bad, worthy and unworthy. People, coincidentally, we're always the worthy ones. Coincidentally, in our readings, we're always doing all right. However, to say no, no to that dichotomy, no, I'm not going to judge myself or another person as a weed, that work does away with the division. It does away with dreams of a better, more perfect life according to our plans. What does God do to our plans? God sees our plans and does what? Does anyone remember? He laughs, right. I don't think we should be in the business of making plans. I think we're in the business of loving, carrying out the plan, of loving the world, blessing our neighbor, planting seeds. This annihilation of things that are unplanned only leads to hurting one another, pulling up wheat, it says. If you do this, you will pull up good things. Instead, this work that Jesus is calling us to is the work of loving one another, meeting one another. Paul wrote it early and beautifully. He said, neither is there Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There's not even male or female, for you are one. You are one now in Christ Jesus. See, I think we know the benefits of embracing the stranger. Look at the ministries that exist, even in our community, that embraces somebody with no pre-screening. Think of the, uh, a food pantry, right? The Needs Food Pantry. I have a question. Does anyone know, uh, do you go to the Needs Food Pantry only if you've never sinned? No, the, no. Are you only allowed to go to the Needs Food Pantry if you believe in God this way, according to this denomination's teaching? No. Same thing with Taft. You serve at Taft Elementary, right? We will not give books or help kids read if they don't believe a certain way and have, never, and have committed some sort of sin. It's ridiculous. These are children. This is the work we're called to. We're called to loving. Think of HTF too, the Haitian Two Moon Foundation. I will have you know, that's not a bunch of Lutheran Haitians. It's a bunch of people that we believe resurrection is a reality. They believe resurrection is a reality. So together, we're creating resurrection hope for all people, regardless of what you believe. That's the good news. Brothers and sisters, if I can offer one bit of spiritual direction, it's this. Grow goodness. Do what is good. Do what blesses your neighbor. Do what blesses the world. Plant and sow good will because there is enough evil in this world to keep you busy. It may even be at the front of your mind. You might be so livid at all the evil in the world. But truth is, the eradication of evil, if the eradication of evil gets in the way of you blessing your neighbor, it's time for a change of plans. It's time for a change of plans because you know what is good which is love God, love neighbor. In other words, let it grow. Let it grow together because now is not the time for weeding. Now is the time for growing. And the world needs people who are preoccupied with growing goodness. What an incredible mission we have laid before us that we've been tasked with. The incredible work of growing, healing, restoring, restoration, hope is perhaps the most life-giving 
advice I've ever heard. It's not really good gardening advice or landscaping advice. But in terms of life advice, the mission of the church advice, this is perhaps one of the most profound things we can ever heard. It is the best advice for living our life on the way of following Jesus' example. And for that, I say, thanks be to God. Amen.